This podcast brought to you by ProtectWise. Learn how cloud-powered network detection and response streamlines threat investigations. Test drive ProtectWise now at protectwise.com forward slash test drive. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This podcast brought to you by ProtectWise. Learn how cloud-powered network detection and response streamlines threat investigations. Test drive ProtectWise now at protectwise.com forward slash test drive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and joining us today is Manuel Martin. He is the co-founder at Orvium. Welcome, Manuel. Thank you very much, Juliette. I'm very excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and give us an overview about what you do over at Orvium? Okay, so Orvium is it's an open source software ecosystem to manage scientific publications lifecycle. So what does that mean is somehow it provides what is instantaneous proof of existence and proof of authorship based on blockchain. So blockchain is pretty good for that. And this is what we are proving this blockchain technology. But thanks to that, we can provide a different add-on, so a different added value to the current systems. So for instance, we can provide instantaneous publications. So authors doesn't have to wait for one year and a half, up to two years, which is the average time with the current systems. So we provide as well in transparent scientific validations. So we will uh, uh, allow the scientists as well to submit the data they use to improve the, the scientific validation. That is something that is very critical when we talk about science. And something that looks pretty obvious, but it's not the case with the current system, we will provide as well the tools for the author to retain the copyrights and licenses for their own work. Yeah. So this is a very short summary of what Solvion will do. Wow. So a lot of a lot of very unique unique parts to to your system here that are going to solve a lot of problems. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we can talk about the problems that exist today in the current market. So, but before yes, going let's talk about that. Point, yeah, but before going into that point, I have to say something that I think is pretty important to, to mention at the beginning, which is you know the scientific publications market. The contrary of what many people think, it's actually a huge market. It's a huge market that reports revenues every single year, about 32 billion with B. Yeah. And then the companies, which are top major, top uh, five major players, which is Elsevier and some other, so report uh, profit margins largest than any other company. So they can compare the profit margin that they, or they get largest profit margins than any other company compared with Apple, with Amazon, with Google. And then how do they do that? And this is why I focus first on the market size and the profit that they get. How do they manage to get these profit margins? Because they don't add anything of value. So the current system works like that. You know, you know so scientists submit a paper to them. So they ask then the scientists to they ask the scientists to to send to sign a paper which says that you give them the copyright and licenses of your own work. Yeah. And then you find another scientist who will do the validation of this paper. This validation of this paper, of this validation of this work is done for free on a voluntary basis by other scientists. And at the end, they publish the paper and they come back to you asking you for subscription price for reading your own work. You know, this is the perfect business model. 
And then it's not only this this economic issue that you know you generate the content and at the end you have to pay for reading your own content. Is that is plenty it, it produces plenty of bias limitations. So for instance, you know some of the publishers cannot publish science in some of the countries and the development countries and something like that because of political reasons. So and you know I've been working at CERN. CERN is the largest scientific collaboration worldwide with 110 more than 110 different nationalities or institutions from more than 110 different nationalities working together. So and something that I learned over the last more than the, a decade that I've been working there is that science science itself or putting borders to science make no sense at all. So and these publishers what they are doing is putting a lot of borders to science a lot of bias, a lot of limitations. So can you imagine that, you know, if a scientist submit a paper to them, so before this discovery or before this result came into the whole community, scientific community, it can take about two years just to publish a thing. So can you imagine that if we are talking about the cure of cancer, research about Ebola or many other things? They are on hold two years without no reason, yeah? So and this is mainly the, the most, kind of to say, the most problems that the things that this current market is putting on top. So just a summary of what I just said, you know, so they're getting huge profit without adding any value to science, but as well putting a lot of limitation and bias. Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, those are such great, great ways to kind of go about solving these issues. And you have, you have so many different things here. You know, you've got the, you've got your token. Um, tell us a little bit about the token and how that works into everything. I mean, the token itself is a kind of incentive. So right now, as I told you, I mean, one of, as I said before, I mean, every single work that is done in the network for the scientific community is done on a voluntary basis. Whether this is submitting your paper, if this is submitting your paper, you give the copyright and licenses to them. Whether this is doing validation of the scientific content, which is something called peer review, or whether this is something that any other work that you do for the network itself. So all this work, in the majority, in the high majority of the cases, is done on a voluntary basis. So what we're doing with the token is to create an incentive, an incentive to submit papers, to review papers, to create journals, and then make this uh, all this profit coming from all this work that the scientific community has done come back to the scientific community. So at the end of the day, so all this kind of money that we are putting into subscriptions to these scientific journals today is money that is coming from our pockets. Yeah, it's money that we are getting in the majority from our taxes. Yeah, so it's a way to say, you know, we are generating rich, rich men, or we are generating wealth. Why not to get it back to scientists and they can continue things? So just to give you an example, so I have to mention CERN as well because that's the place I work for my entire career. So you know, the LHC, which is the Large Hadron Collider, this is the biggest experiment the human being has ever built. You know, we discovered the Higgs boson, we created the web, we are putting more particles accelerators in hospitals than any other than any other research lab or whatever, just treating cancer. So a lot of benefits came out of this. But if you sign these things, the total cost from the design, putting in place, implementation, operations, and then running this infrastructure was about six billion. So we are spending thirty-two billions per year in subscriptions without any single value, without adding any single value to science. So can you imagine what scientific community can do with this money yearly? Because for me, that will be something amazing to do. And this is something that Orbium would like to avoid. Well, that's fantastic. So Manuel, tell us a little bit about your history. I mean, you've worked at some pretty big companies and, and now you know, being the co-founder at Orbium, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got here. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I've been working at CERN. This is the European Laboratory for Particle Physics for my entire career. So I came after the university. I was a student there. I was PhD student there. Then I got a staff. So my entire career was passed over there. So first I was focused on the control systems. So I was taking data management and data engineering roles without the control system. So this is to control the largest scientific experiment the human being has ever built, and most probably the most complex one. So imagine a particle accelerator built 100 meters underground, 27 kilometers ring. This is something huge and with amazing technologies, yeah? So, but after that, I was given the responsibility to understand how that happened like seven years ago, how the lab, which we generate enormous amount of data, we generate when we are in operations about a petabyte per second, this is much higher than Google or Facebook or any of these big players. Yeah, we can, so the lab itself can profit from all these big data machine learning techniques that we were facing. Because at that time, that was pretty important. So the data was growing, growing, and growing, and growing. And then with situation in science, our budget was flat. So we need to profit from new technologies to do that. And I was assessing this. As a result, we have today a whole section a whole team of people doing big data, machine learning, and then improving our operations. But lately, like about a year and a half ago, so I was given the responsibility once again to assess how a new technology can be implemented in the lab. This new technology was blockchain. So that's one of, one of the sides was the main motivation to get into this problem. But as well, I guess a part of this, something that, you know, I was pretty, pretty, pretty much willing to do is to take something else. And this time something else, why not to try to solve a problem that is facing or is limiting science for a while and there was not a solution. And this is why we came out with this application for the blockchain that is called Orbion today. But there was a long path. So we started more than a year ago where we were assessing whether the technology was capable to do what we wanted to mine, or we were assessing whether this is a business model that can bring benefit to the blockchain itself and the whole community. And this is something that it was a long path from my previous experience at CERN until today, which I'm involved totally in Orbion. Wow, what a journey. You know, it's always so great to hear how people arrived at their, you know, at their current place because all those little factors contribute to, to how you think and and really what has motivated you to get where you are. So thank you for sharing that. I mean, totally agree on what you said. And then, you know, I can add something because actually, you know, what we are living now with the blockchain is the same thing that we live like in the early 80s with the, or the early 90s with the World Wide Web. Actually, there is quite a total parallelism. But at that time, I was too young to, to, to live this moment. But I was not young, as I told you before. It was about all these big data machine learning revolutions. So I was jumping from the very beginning. And then I saw some parallelisms as well. So, you know, there is a new technology with a lot of potential. So, but we need time to understand the technology, the full potential, and apply to the right use cases. And this is the same journey that we are having today with the blockchain. So we have a full potential new technology that is coming out. So, and then we have to understand the full potential of it. We need to understand the path where this technology goes and then find the right use cases for that. And we honestly think that Orion is the perfect use, blockchain, is the perfect use case for blockchain. Well, you know, you've been in the space for a while and, and you're working on some very hard problems. What do you feel like is the biggest lesson that you've learned while working in this space? I mean, the, the biggest lesson I will say is that, you know, you have to really focus on a problem that you can solve. And this is something that is important to say, even if it sounds obvious. 
Yeah, we leave that with the with the big data thing. So when we started with the big data, everybody wanted to use big data because you know the big players, the biggest players in the domain were using it, like Facebook, Google, and so on and so forth. But actually, you know, over some time, we really focus on those problems that can be solved or matches this technology, and those ones are the ones that are solving real problems, and those ones are the ones that are shining. And I think with the blockchain part. Because at the end of the day, blockchain is another technology. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about Orbium or any other platform using blockchain, or blockchain itself is just a component, but it's a very important one. And we need to follow the same approach that we follow with previous technologies as well. That, you know, we have to focus on a problem that fits with the, the technology and that makes sense to solve it out with this technology. Yeah. And this is the, the biggest lesson learned that I got. Yeah. I mean, do not. Focus yourself in high, just focus yourself on a problem that you have to solve and you can solve, and that problem match with the technology that you have in mind. Where do you see you know blockchain technology going in the next three years? You know we're still in such an infancy of it right now. what are your what are some of your predictions? I mean, this is a very tough question, so I'm a believer in this in this technology because actually, if you think about today business model of the majority of the business models that we know today, they are based on, on intermediaries. They are based on business or middlemen. Yeah. So some of them are perfectly fine. They have to assist and they will assist forever. But some of them, they are totally inefficient. So imagine our use case, imagine the, the ordinary use cases. We have the publisher. They are not adding any value, taking profit, introducing limitations into the system. This kind of money in the middle, of this kind of intermediaries, which are not adding any value and they are not efficient at all, will be replaced. So if we take this this in mind from the very beginning, what we'll find is that most of the used business models that we know today will be replaced based on the technology that we have in the hands with blockchain. But as well, we have to be really, really careful what we have in our hands because we have, I think we have the duty, but as well, we have the responsibility to take this full potential technology to the way or to the point that we wanted to get. Yeah. So I think that blockchain will be embraced by many, many different technologies. I think that they already realize that. So today there are many POCs and there are many teams within biggest companies so working on, on solutions for blockchain. So you can think about IBM, for instance. They are doing a lot of investment in blockchain technologies, but as well Oracle, Amazon, and many others, many of the biggest players. And this is because they foreseen already that blockchain is going to be going to be globally used and it's going to be used in many different fields and this is what i would like to see blockchain in a few years so because i think that it has the power to disrupt many of the business models that we have today so manuel blockchain technologies we're talking about what do you think is going to be branching out whether technologies is this going to inspire or do you think that it's going to continue to get honed into a better understanding of blockchain in the coming future i mean this is a kind of task question as well, I mean, to answer, because, you know, think about how blockchain will disrupt everything in the next few years. It's complicated, but think how, think about how blockchain itself will evolve or branch in the next year, in the next years will be as well complicated. But I have my own thoughts. So, you know, if you think about the initial point of the blockchain itself, they were just focused on solid out double spending problem. Yeah. Later on, they thought, okay, you know, we have a perfect system to sort these kind of things. So, but the potential itself of the idea is huge. So, but the next thing that we need is to improve the performance, improve the number of transactions, so increase the number of transactions. Yeah. So, and this is something. This is something that many projects are working on today. I mean, we have different blockchains, you know, different approaches, 
the input, the number of transactions. And this is something that is working today. And that I'm pretty sure that this will evolve over the next few years. But there is another point, which is the next step in the evolution that I think is pretty important as well. So, and I think that's pretty, pretty natural to come to this point. So now we have a system that is perfectly to solve the tablet spending. Now we put a lot of transaction on it, which means a lot of data into this blockchain thing. But the next step is that how can we extract value out of the data that is in the blockchain itself? So, and then this question will be raised and will be, oh, people will start creating solutions based on this question because this is a, a natural evolution. This is the need that we are having, we will have within the next the next years or the next month because another thing is about the pace of the technologies because the, the technology itself is all pretty, pretty fast, you know? But if we have this question, how we can extract value of the, of the data or the enormous amount of data that is in, into the different blockchains, so the next things will be, can blockchain itself replace technologies that we know today as a big data thinking? And I think that that can be an, a, another branches that is coming. So a set of different technologies that are capable to extract value out of the data that is in the blockchain. And this will be a perfect business model as well for the future or a perfect evolution in the future. That's my belief. Oh, that is fantastic. So Manuel, if people want to learn more about Orvium and get connected and, and follow you on social media, Tell us the best avenues to connect with you. I mean, I mean, there is plenty of avenues to connect with us. We have our Telegram group. We have our website. We have plenty of channels like Reddit, like, you know, I mean, LinkedIn, like uh, Facebook, many others. So my recommendation is please visit HTTPS uh, and then you find all single information that we have, not only about how to connect with us. We are 24-7 working. I mean, cryptos never works, and Orbi never never sleep either. So what we said is that please pin us anytime to any of our channels because myself or any of our member of the team will be glad to, to answer any questions, any concerns that you may have, or something that could be as well very important, any feedback that you may have. Because this is something that we are pretty, this is pretty important for us, which is the capabilities to listen the community as well. And then we are pretty open because, you know, the problem that we are trying to solve is pretty wide. So we have to listen research labs, universities, whole scientific community. But as well, there is another point which is pretty, pretty important for us is that involve society in the scientific model as well. So, you know, I don't see society themselves reading papers because this is something that is going to be tough for them. But there is a plenty, a new role that Orbion can play, which is getting closer the scientific content to the society. If we just remove all these paywalls that we have, all these complexity walls, walls that they exist today. And this is something that we are aiming to do. And for that, we need any feedback. So pin us anytime, give it back to us, give comments, because we'll be more than glad to to reply to you, to answer to you, or yes, say thanks for your feedback and implement it. That is fantastic. Well, Manuel, Martin, thank you so much for joining us here today and and taking the time out of your schedule to share your your wonderful insight and your passion with all of our listeners. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. That is Manuel Martin. He is the co-founder at Orvium. You can check them out, like you said, at their website, Orvium.io. That's O-R-V-I-U-M dot I-O and all the social network channels. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse. 
such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.